Facts of Faith begins right now. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Naya Lupondona. We are together until 11 o'clock. Today we're asking the question, is all sin equal? And then, if it is all equal, then why do people get sentences, different jail terms or different sentences to sin? Let's go back a bit. If you define sin as an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law, like taking human life or violating human life in one way or the other, then why is it that there are people who would quote scripture authoritatively claiming that all sin is equal, whether you break one or the other of the divine laws like the Decalogue, it's all the same. You've broken one, you've broken them all. And the punishment, divine punishment, will be hellfire if you listen to the Abrahamic faiths. Then hence we ask the question, why then do we as human beings measure differently? If our scriptures teach us differently, why do we subscribe to the circular way of viewing wrong? Why is it that there are certain wrongs that are heavier and worse than other wrongs, and yet your scriptures, as a person of faith, does not tell you that? Your scriptures say you break one, you've broken them all, all sin is equal before your God, and yet when that wrong has been done to you, you're on the court and request that the courts give this person a particular sentence or a particular fine. Surely we must be missing something here. There is a gap that needs to be filled by people who have an understanding by far better than ours. So we've invited people to give us such insight to answer the question, is all sin equal? If it is equal, then why do people get sentences to different jail terms? Or shall I say, different sentences to those crimes or offenses they have committed? Now I understand you may have your own opinions. Your opinions are welcome. As long as you call it your opinion. If you have a fact you'd like to share with us, at least from your scriptures, feel free to share, us, share with us those scriptures as you believe they are factual. We will not challenge that. At least we will not we'll engage you fairly. Remember, this conversation is an opportunity for everybody else who is within the borders of the Republic and those who are calling from outside to join in the conversation. And we should be a nation in robust conversation one with the other. And that's why we've invited you to join in the conversation as guests, as callers, and as I am a host of the program so that we can engage one another robustly on these issues. Again, the question for this morning, is all sin equal? And if it is equal, why do people get different sentences to their offenses? Why do people get different jail terms to their offenses? Facts of Faith begins right now. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium 
behavior. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Let me introduce you to our guest for this morning. We do have Bishop Andilembet, a retired Bishop of Grahamstown Methodist District and the President of the South African Council of Churches in the Eastern Cape. Good morning to you, Bishop, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning, and uh, compliments of the season. Right back at you, Bishop. Thank you very much. Also, we do have Rabbi Dovi Rabin, a Rabbi Qualified Mediation Specialist, with the Law Society and a General Counselor. Good morning to you, Rabbi. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning, good morning. What a wonderful opportunity that you're us, and we look forward to a very productive conversation. Indeed, we are hoping we will have a productive conversation. Those are our guests for today, and you are most welcome to join in the conversation. Please feel free to start dialing as soon as you can right now is also welcome. Just would like to read our... Uh, purpose for having this conversation so that everybody can be on the same par. The purpose of our conversation, South Africa, is to afford all representatives a chance to explain and enlighten us, to distinguish between myth and truth, and to interrogate and dissect the question exhaustively. We also have a purpose to answer all long-standing questions and unanswered questions within the time that we have to make religion more clear and transparent and to afford South Africans to be a nation in open and frank conversation with itself. These are things that I wish we appreciate when we participate in our conversation. And all guests and callers are welcome to participate. And I always encourage everybody, where possible, to please quote scripture because our endeavor is to establish fact from our scriptures, various scriptures, whether you're a Jew or Muslim or Christian or whatever faith you come from. We encourage you to share with us your factual basis of whatever you claim to be fact. And all questions that are asked are required to have, want to have a measure of extensive insight and research. That's why we give our guests opportunity to go and research their question and then come back and give us the insights. This is not an endeavor to embarrass anybody. This is not an endeavor to berate anybody. It's an endeavor to get to the issues as exhaustively as we can. And that's why we ask these questions and interject sometimes so that we can have direction in our conversation. So I urge you, I beg of you not to take offense when we engage and ask these robust questions and interject when we digress so that we can have as much information shared within this program because it ends at 11 o'clock. So, to begin our program, we're going to have everyone, everyone start dialing 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207, and then we engage robustly. It is Facts of Faith. Have the facts and not just the faith. All right, let's talk to our guests. And for those of you who would like to call in or send text messages or tweets or Facebook, you can find this all ready for you. Right now, let's go to the rabbi. Rabbi, um, do we really scripturally, from your scriptures, believe that all sin is equal? This is quite a uh, deep and philosophical question in that um, in Judaism, we definitely don't believe that all sin is equal. Um, 
depends on circumstances that one may commit a sin under, depends if that's something that's capital punishment or, or in the times of the, the Bible, um, or if it's a minor transgression. We definitely don't believe that all sin is equal. All right. Um, Bishop, do you believe that all sin is equal? Yes, according to what I read in scriptures in the, in the Bible, all sin is equal in the eyes of God. And sin is punishable, but also dependent on the attitude of the sinner in terms of uh, admission, humility, and uh, mitigation. Explain what you mean by all sin is equal in front of the eyes of God. Because the assumption is petty theft is surely not equal to the taking of human life. Explain what you mean, Bishop. All sin is... Uh, there is, there is there, all sin is equal in the eyes of God. In other words, you cannot begin to say this is a lesser offense than the other one. Um, you become a hypocrite if you do that. Um, in the eyes of God, a, a an adulterer is equal to a murderer. That's what I mean. Okay, share with us the text that you say you've read that give you reason to believe that all sin is equal. I'm 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 going back to Exodus 20. Okay. Verse. I I don't have a Bible here. I have the Bible. I I can I can read it for you. I have the Bible. This is the person. This is the person that gives you. Uh, the the commandments that you are not supposed to break, and they are all equal. I, I, I have the Bible here. I would like you to share with us what is it that says they are all equal? Um, this is going, this is, it, it, it depends what you are expecting. But the reality is, for each of these laws that are written there that are not supposed to be broken, there is a consequence. Okay. Allow me to read these Ten Commandments, and I will stop where you want me to stop, and then you can explain to us where it is upon these texts you derive the conclusion that they're all equal. From verse 1 it reads, Exodus chapter 20, from verse 1, Then God gave the people all these instructions. Verse 2, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. Verse 3, you must not have any other God but me. Verse 4, you must not make for yourselves an idol of any kind or image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. That was verse 3, verse 4. Verse 5, you must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. Verse 6, but I lavish 
unfailingly love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Verse 7, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Verse 8, remember to observe the Sabbath day but by keeping it. Holy, beg your pardon. Verse 9, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. Verse 10, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed Blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land of the Lord your God. He's giving you. Verse 13. You must not murder. Verse 14. You must not commit adultery. Verse 15. You must not steal. Verse 16. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Verse 17. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. That was verse 17. Verse 18 reads, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. Should I continue, Bishop? No. Okay. Which part there says they are all equal? You would not find the word written down that these are all equal. Okay. But but you can discern from when when you read that for each law that is broken, there is a consequence because it would be sinning against God. Well, we have some laws that have no consequence there, Bishop. Like what? For example, verse 13, you must not murder. No consequence there. Verse 14, you must not commit adultery. Oh, no. No consequence. Verse 15, you then, must not steal. No consequence. No, no, no. If you, if you say thou shalt not murder, then you need to read that in the context of the, of the other uh, writings of the Bible. For example, where it is said, if you take one eye, we will take yours. And your very same Bible says, if somebody slaps you one side, give him the other side. Surely this does not take us to the conclusion that all these sins are equal. I need you to help us to arrive at the conclusion that all sin is equal. Not, not, not in, that, in that way. Okay. I, cannot, I cannot balance the Bible in that session. Okay. Are you able to help us? scripturally arrive at that conclusion it may not be the text but do you have anywhere in scripture that you could help us realize the equality of sin not out of my head now okay rabbi you said all sin is not equal and that the bishop disagrees um, how do you, how do you arrive at your conclusion that sin is not equal Um, if I can just uh, clarify the previous uh, statement that I made, um, maybe this will shed a little bit of light perhaps on the direction or what the bishop is saying. Whenever one transgresses, we're going against the will of God. 
which means obviously that to some form or some degree we're removing ourselves from our relationship or our connection with God. That's what transgression transgression means, and in the eyes of God, transgression is transgression, that there's a removal, that you're not doing the will of God. God's telling you to do to be doing A, B, and C, and you're not doing A, B, and C in a positive commandment, or in a negative commandment, God tells you not to commit murder, and you commit murder. Regardless of what that transgression is, whether it's petty theft or whether it's murder, we're still removing ourselves from the will of God. However, taking all of that into account, even though one is removing themselves from one's relationship with God, which ultimately can never ever be severed, but it can become tainted or more difficult to feel a spiritual bond and a spiritual connection, um, we definitely believe that sins or all sins are not equal. And it's quite clear from the Bible that if you look through the Bible, you see that for certain transgressions, there are certain punishments. And uh, some of the punishments are a lot more lenient with uh, petty things than with committing a transgression such as murder. So the Bible itself is quite self-explanatory, telling us that why would somebody get capital punishment for committing a certain um, certain transgression, certain sin? Because obviously that sin is more severe than uh, committing petty uh, petty theft. Um, not to justify the theft, it's full transgression. But you definitely can't equate somebody committing murder to somebody walking into a store and uh, stealing a can of Coke out of the fridge. Okay. Uh, I understand very well that you don't believe in the New Testament of the Jewish community, but we're interested in what the Christian community says. I understand this is not what the bishop said, but this is what the Christian community says. They use the text in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It reads, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's what the Christian community believes in. From the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. It does not distinguish what kind of sin that is. It merely says sin, death. End of story. How would you respond to that, Rabbi? So it's quite challenging to respond to that because uh, it's not a... Uh, belief that I personally have because, like you're saying, we don't follow the New Testament. So for me, I go strictly according to the readings and the teachings of the Old Testament, which, based on my understandings, is not in agreement with that statement, that uh, that verse that was just read from the New Testament. I understand. I understand, Rabbi. I am simply bringing to you the argument of the Christian community from their scriptures. They argue it from that perspective, amongst other texts, that they believe that for their sin, there will be punishment. Okay, correct. Would you disagree with them purely because you don't follow their scriptures, or is there any legitimacy to their claim? Can you just clarify that statement that you made before, please? Okay. Again, I'm reading from the book of Romans chapter 6, Rabbi. I understand, I acknowledge okay. that these are not scriptures that you believe in as a Jewish community. However, this is what the Christian community has added to their scriptures. The book of Romans is written by Paul, if we all agree with that. Now, the question is, if they believe that all sin for the wages of sin is death, without distinguishing what kind of sin or what amount of sin has been committed here it simply says for the wages of sin is death 
could there be no legitimacy to that claim that their God, the Christian God, will punish with death anyone who engages in the act of sin? Based on the, the teachings of Judaism, like I was saying, we definitely do not agree with that statement. Um, so um, it, okay. it's, it's coming back to the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay. I hear what you're saying and I hear the, the verse, but uh, based on the teachings of the Old Testament, it's definitely not congruent with that statement that um, all sin one is, uh, one is uh, punishable by death. Yeah. Perhaps there are there are commentaries on that verse yeah. um, that explain it uh, more at uh, more at depth what it means the verse. All right, but the mere statement, like it's being said, I um, Judaism Judaism doesn't uh, agree with that. I understand. Let's go back to what is clinically jury, and I'm referring to the Pentateuch. Um, you have in the very beginning as far as Moses is concerned and whatever he teaches those who read the Pentateuch claiming that because somebody was hungry they ate of a particular fruit therefore they are doomed to death now that is not murder that is not rape that is not assault that is not slavery that is not any of the atrocious and grievous acts that would deem warranting death or the death penalty, but as far as the Jewish God in the book of Genesis, if because you have eaten of the fruit and you have disobeyed my instruction, you will therefore die, you and everybody else who comes after you. Surely, that is a statement of an immense brutality of viewing these sins. If the sin of killing and the sin of eating is the same, it it, 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 it it therefore comes to the conclusion, doesn't it, Rabbi? So you've got to take that uh, that episode into context. Okay. Um, bringing the, the the idea of the the sin of uh, Adam and Eve when they were in the Garden of Eden, they weren't punished by death themselves for the, the the actual eating of it. The concept of death was created and came into uh, into reality. But the, they didn't die immediately after having eaten from the Garden of Eden. Their punishment was that they were banished out of the Garden of Eden and that the concept of death came into existence that ultimately one day they would die. Otherwise, had they not eaten, they would have lived for eternity. Um, in addition to that, it's brought down that a woman will go through challenges during child labor, yes. and a man will have to go and uh, work in the field and make a living without it being provided to him directly from God. And those were those were primarily the main punishments that were brought about. But the, the punishment per se wasn't that they ate and then they died immediately. The concept of sin was created. You've got to also understand the reality that they were living in. They were living in a lot more of a spiritual reality than we are living in in today's day and age. They had a direct commandment that they heard from God himself who came and told them that you can do anything in this place, in the Garden of Eden, except to eat from the Tree of Knowledge. That's all I'm asking you not to do. And they went and transgressed that. They never had the idea of there being other human beings to have the, to have been warned not to go and kill, not to steal, um, not to kidnap, not to commit adultery. Those things never existed in their reality. 
but very different to what they were going through back then and to what we're going through in our current society, in our current world. All right. I want to take some calls for you, both of you gentlemen. 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. For those of you who would like to join in the conversation, you can find us on Facebook, Naya Lupondwana Live, Naya Lupondwana Live, or on Twitter at SFM Radio. That's how you can find us on all these social media. And for those of you who would like to send text messages, you can send text messages as well. Let's go to four ways. Marco Sini, good morning. Your, your guest there. Now, uh, uh, as a Christian who believes on the New Testament uh, mostly, not that I don't read the Old Testament uh, for reference, I, I wanted to point out that uh, the verse you are referring to uh, that talks to the wages of sin uh, being death, uh, my understanding of that verse does not necessarily mean uh, physical death. Uh, that is uh, uh, somebody killing you for having committed uh, a sin as a punishment. Uh, my understanding of that verse now is uh, talking about uh, uh, eternity. That is uh, eternal death, which means as a, a sinner, uh, when you do perish or die uh, uh, physically, uh, your, 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 your wages for that or, or what you get as a punishment is what we call uh, eternal death. So my understanding of that verse uh, really is not uh, uh, loosely translated as you, you were reading it to say if you have committed sin, uh, therefore you must be punished by death. Uh, so that really is not uh, uh, the uh, the translation that uh, I, I get out of that. Uh, so this is talking about the eternal death. That means uh, if you are a sinner and you fail to repent, and again uh, the, the 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 Bible continues to say uh, uh, the Lord gives you an opportunity until the last opportune moment, which means. Uh, the Lord, being such a gracious God, will actually, even if you were a sinner, you, you can uh, get a moment, even at the very last moment, and uh, you repent and reconcile with God, and uh, as such, you are spared from eternal death. I, I that have, is my understanding. I have no issue with that hermeneutic there, Marcusini. However, this does not take away from the fact that ultimately, death was not purposed to be. It came in with the advent of sin. Whether you're going to die now or 70 years down the line or 7,000 years down the line, you now have the looming sentence of death because of, well, transgression of the law, sin. And that's the point of our conversation. That if we believe in that text as you have shared with us your perspective, your hermeneutic, I need us to understand is, is it therefore to follow? That whether it will be ultimate impending eternal death or whether it is immediate death, it is a result of all sin, not one or the other. All sin. If you sin, you will have ultimate death upon the second resurrection or it doesn't really matter when you, the death is coming. It is an impending eventuality. And that's what I'm asking about, Makosin. Yeah. Well, it is true uh, in a way, but uh, uh, in the New Testament, uh, the coming in of Jesus Christ, 
he comes in for that fact uh, exactly. And uh, it, 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 as such, in the in the New Testament, it says uh, for those that uh, admit with their mouth that uh, Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, and they repent and uh, they become a children of God. Those then are spared of that sin. So it's no longer a matter of uh, that you have. Indeed, all of us as humankind, uh, over uh, the things that had happened, we are now born into sin. But Jesus Christ on, is, coming for, is coming for that effect now to cleanse us of our sin. Point. Hold on, Marcus. I suspect we're missing the point. I, the, the issue is not the sentence. Yes. The sentence is set. You believe... According to you, Herman, you say that this is impending ultimate death upon the second resurrection when Jesus comes and so forth. All of that. I understand that. That's not my issue. My issue is whether you have committed the sin of petty theft or whether you have committed the sin of murder. According to that scripture, once you have sinned, you will suffer the consequences of, 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 of the death you understand to be the impending ultimate death. Alright? And that's what I'm asking. Is it true? Is it equal to say whether it's petty theft or murder, it's still the same consequence. It is death, whether now or later on. Naya, uh, I, I, I won't go into further detail. It, it, it's, uh, uh, all I say is uh, a sin uh, uh, varies, uh, uh, obviously, uh, from uh, uh, this uh, to, uh, to that. Uh, to the extent that... Uh, uh, there really? is even a, a reference to sin uh, 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 being uh, just a lust. You know, you, you can imagine with a lust. Uh, let's say you you you, you look at somebody. You, you look at somebody's wife in a particular way uh, that you have lust for them. I mean, you have not done anything from uh, a, a physical point of view. Marcosini, you know, because you have not done anything to that somebody's wife, but Marcosini. you have already sinned. You see that? I understand, so, and that's yeah. what I'm asking about. Where do you get it from that sins vary? I understand that we have different views on this. One person views it that way. I want you to walk with us. Walk us through your understanding of how you arrive at the conclusion that sins vary. No, no, no. I am saying a sin is varied from our worldly view of it. You know, because like I, I'm referring to this uh, kind okay. of a sin called lust, okay. where you have not taken any action. Okay. Uh, right? so you're saying that's but an opinion. According, but according to God, you have sinned already. You know, even though you have not taken any action, uh, and uh, uh, people in the world will not know that uh, I was looking at Naya's wife in a particular way, uh, you know, but I, I have already sinned according to God. I understand. Uh, right? So, so, so now I am saying, uh, that being the case, uh, you can sin uh, by having not taken any action, and you have sinned already. So, and uh, as such, uh, uh, God gives us the opportunity uh, uh, by uh, uh, sending His only uh, begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to assist us in this uh, in, in this endeavor. To say, those of us who agree and uh, accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, in that way, we which means on a daily basis, uh, the, 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 uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, himself accepts that uh, uh, we, 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 we are sinners okay. on a daily basis, but okay. on we a daily basis point, by knowing God uh, and accepting Jesus Christ and uh
All right, we've got to move on, Makosin. We're going to take a break and come back and give our guests an opportunity to, to bring them this matter. We're still trying to establish whether factually and scripturally, whichever scriptures you're using, scripturally, is sin all equal, or is it just an opinion we'd love to hold? 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. Some things come naturally to SAFM, SAFM. like being SA's news and information leader. Information. SAFM. 104 to 107. Welcome back. You're still listening to Fact of Faith. I'm Nayelo Pondo on 19 before 11. Let's take some calls before we go to our guest, the GOAT Johnson. Johnson, good morning. Hello, good morning to you, Naya. Go ahead, Johnson. Yeah, seen, uh, yeah, it's a very intricate thing you've asked. But what I thought was that initially you, you put it rather too broad because when you break a Bible, a bylaw like uh, you drive at a speed more than you should have, there's a limit, uh, you get a punishment. It's probably going to be lower than if you kill the person. Now, these are that, that come from God's uh, uh, institution of, of rulers in, amongst these people so that they are kept in an orderly fashion. That's where Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 6 goes in. Now, what I, I wanted to really bring here was that when you say sin, uh, different levels, initial, basically sin as, as in separation from God, not, not doing what God wants us to do. And the, death, the penalty may not be immediate, as he says, but it may be immediate. As, as, as children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, and, uh, and the, 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 the sister of Moses and, uh, laughed at, at Moses, God afflicted her with leprosy, for example. And, uh, and that was the only only punishment he needed to, to her. Uh, and so when you look at the Old Testament, the way God God dealt with the children of Israel, the Jews at, at particular at that time, they had ten commandments besides uh, after they had had a fall, uh, after Adam and Eve. He said, okay, if you obey these ten plus 500 or so more, then you, 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 you not get the punishment. That is for the Jews. I also tend to believe, if Jesus' word is true, that there's no new law, that law that is in the Old Testament. So okay. the New Testament does not bring a new, uh, the Old Testament, New Testament does not bring a new law for us. Even Christians follow, might follow all the Ten Commandments, plus all the others. The only difference is, because we cannot, we could not follow them, Jesus came to follow them for us, so we, if we believe in Him, our following the, the laws of the Old Testament is made complete in Jesus Christ. That is actually the hope of, we are not supposed to struggle. But that punishment varies is a rule that God has put in our, amongst our, our, through our rulers so that we, we live an orderly life. God is an orderly God. Okay. And so if, 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 I, if I feel there's a different punishment, but that is just because I've failed to obey what God has put up to me as a ruler. So you believe that sin varies, and that's, how, that's why God has given people different punishment for different offenses, yeah? Sin is not well, equal as far as you're concerned. I believe that it's equal. Basically, the basic thing is separation, rejection of God's law which is like Adam and Eve did. So he, he gets the basic law there, because it even says in Psalms 51 verse 5, that when we were being made in our mother's wombs, we were already crushed in iniquity. That means in separation from God. And after that, then you have consciously to come and revise your ways 
understand what it is to live as, okay. a, as, a, as, a, as a godly person, right. and then you can get, get, get perfection. For so it is not just what we do, commit these things we commit in, in and out. God has made an orderly system where rulers are there for us to obey them. And if we don't obey them, we're actually not obeying God, and by inference, we are sinning. Okay. And if we sin, then the final God all right, got it. Got to move on. Thank you very much, Johnson. Appreciate your calls. Go to King Williamstown, Zion. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Nai. Morning, sir. Well, in my un- unscholastic way of understanding sin, uh, is that uh, whether one commits sin or not, is all uh, all going to die. No guarantee that uh, if one is a saint, doesn't commit sin, then he will live forever. Uh, there's no such a thing. He's going to die physically, coming to spiritually, inheriting the kingdom of God. Uh, committing sin, one is not doomed that he will go to hell. He wants to inherit the kingdom of God. We see that. Uh, with the criminal on the cross, with uh, with Jesus. Now, now uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, it is our sins that makes our prayers not to be heard by God. Our sins separate us from God. Now coming to my practical experience, I'm 62 years old. I've seen the good and the bad. Uh, when things were bad for me, things were hard for me, I thought back when I was growing up, talking about practicalities now. Uh, I remember that when I was a teenager, up to 20 years, things I was achieving things very easily because I was not involved in hardcore sin. I was not having sex. I had girlfriends, but I was not sleeping with them. Hardcore sin, sex, I was not involved in it. That made me to achieve things easily. I was not studying. You see, I would see other students, I was with hard... uh, Burning the midnight oil during uh, preparing for exams, and I wouldn't do that. I'll just go uh, go to the studies, do homework, go home and sleep because I was tired. I was a sportsman. Sports, I was achieving easily. I was a South African champion in my sporting coach, two of them. So, so what point are you making so there, Zion? Are you saying that sin is equal? When I stopped having sex, stopped it, you see, hardcore sin. I was stealing sugars, then milk, but I was achieving. Now, when things became bad, when I was an adult, I thought back, I stopped having sex. Then things returned. I'm achieving things very easily. If I can explain to you, you say that I'm boasting. Okay, thank you. So what are you saying, Zion, that sin is not equal? It's not at all equal. 
Okay. According to my practical experience. Got it. I have no problem with that. Thank you very much, Zion. Let's go back to Bishop. Bishop, um, uh, you've heard uh, the text messages. Oh, let's read some text messages, by the way. Nearly said you've heard the text messages. Let's read some text messages, and then we'll have you respond to what the people are saying on the calls and what the rabbi is saying and also what the text messages are saying. One text message reads, Surely the threat of an uns- unspecified death uh, could simply mean that life will end as it does for us all, that one is not signed. Now the text message reads, Do you know the difference between spiritual death and physical death? That's Mariana Lawrence in P.E. Another one says, Read Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. Ben, okay, Ben, we'll see if we can make time for that. Another one says, um, Your subject is relative, Mr. Presenter. All sin is not equal. There is sin against God's Holy Spirit. That sin is not redeemable or forgivable. All other sin is equal, forgivable, and redeemable. Furthermore, you are taking your quotes out of context. You have clearly not considered the Old Testament Hebrew and New Testament Greek. Also today, South African law practice should not be mixed with belief systems of different faiths. And why are you so aggressive in your dealing with your guests? Shame on you, it's Mariana Lawrence in PE. Thank you very much, Mariana. All right, two things before we continue with our guests. Um, we need to clarify, if we have Christians in South Africa who believe in the Bible and Christians who believe genuinely in the Bible, why is it that they would not request the courts when they are dealing with them to use their Bible? For example, if I have committed adultery, give me an example, or I've taken a life, surely we must believe in what the Bible says should happen to people who have committed adultery and taken life. But no, we say no, we will abide by the law of the law of the land and we ignore the scriptures. Hence our question, what is it that we believe in? Do we really believe that sin is equal or not? And if it is not equal or equal, then why do we believe in the judicial system that views sin strictly as not equal. And that's the question. And that's why we're asking the questions we're asking, Mariana. And also, the reason why we're directing these questions is because our time will expire in nine minutes. So we need to get our answers as soon as possible. Hence, we need to be as directed and pointed as we can in answering our questions. I hope you understand now, Mariana. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sishen Zigalala, the MEC for Economic Development, Tourism and Environmental Affairs in Guazulu-Natal. I welcome all tourists who are here for a much-deserved holiday. KZN is a holiday destination that has something for everyone, and I encourage you to take time and explore all our tourism offerings. Please use registered tourism accommodation establishments and do not hesitate to visit our information offices where one of our friendly staff members will assist you. Visit zulu.org.za and follow us on social media for updates on our festive season events and hashtag UKZN. I wish you an exceptional festive season and a prosperous 2018. In focus this Sunday, many New Year's babies born in the very first minutes of 2018 won't necessarily have access to breast milk. Come meet the mothers who donate breast milk to babies in need. 
And if you think a hangover only makes you feel groggy, we have the sobering truth. Hours after consuming too much alcohol, your ability to drive a vehicle is still seriously impaired. Focus, incisive and insightful. Sunday evening at 6, only on SABC2. It is Facts of Faith. Have the facts and not just the faith. And that's the point. Not just the faith. Let's have the facts also. Bishop, you've heard, you've heard the text messages and the calls. Your take. My take is, I still say, according to the eyes of God, sin is, there's one sin, separation from God and breaking God's law. And that is recorded in Genesis chapter 3. All the other passages that we are quoting about what we call sin are consequences of the, of sin. If there is no sin, there would be no murder or adultery. But in the eyes of God, then, sin is sin and is punishable. But the punishment that you refer to in, 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 in Romans 6, somebody correctly said it, that does not really talk about uh, capital punishment. It is talking about when you say wages of sin is death, that means separation from God eternally. And by God's grace, it says if you are saved, then you will have eternal life. But the topic for today is, according to my understanding of the Christian scriptures, is sin equal? It is equal. It is one. Why do we then submit ourselves to the social government, the secular state? It's another question. The fact is that we would, we, we are left with one choice. It's either we want to rule this land according to the scriptures, but we now presently live in a secular state. And the Christian understanding is that God can use even judges and lawyers to go towards his justice. That is why judges come to different sentences. It is according to secular understanding and explanation of what is called law. But before God who is going to be the judge without any advocate. Sin is one, and sin is punishable, unless it is repented upon. All right. Um, uh, Rabbi, you heard the text messages of the callers. Would you like to respond? Um, yes. Just coming back to, to, to what we were discussing earlier, you also have to understand that even if you're not looking from a biblical perspective, looking from the, the laws of the country, um, something that I do is I also visit inmates in uh, in prison. And um, you you get to talk to people and hear their different takes on why they committed crimes and what their crime was, etc., etc. And somebody that commits, for example, a crime of passion, even though it might be murder, 
I mean, not even though. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a horrific it's not, act. It's, it's not premeditated, um, so it's not murder. punishment, according to the law of the land, is not equal to a person who goes and uh, does the exact same act, but completely intentionally, and they're not in that frame of mind, they're not in that state of mind. So I'm going to say that from the law of the land and according to the Bible, sin is definitely not equal. Um, the only place or the only area where you can say that it is equal is that it's a removal from God and it's going against the will of God. But are they 100% equal? You can't say they're equal. And you can even take it further to say that things are circumstantial. If you look at Moses, what was the reason why Moses was punished that he um, never had the honor of entering into the Holy Land of Israel? And according to the scriptures, is the reason was because he hit the rock when God told him to speak to the rock for water. Now, if it was a regular individual that God said, speak to the rock, and, the, and you went and hit the rock, the punishment definitely would not be the same for a regular person like it would be or like it was for Moses because you have to take circumstances into account. You have to take the specific individual that you're dealing with into account. Is it a person that lives their life is a completely righteous life, or is it a regular individual that has much more struggles, much more temptations? Um, sin is definitely not something that, uh, that, that is equal according to Judaism. I'm not coming to say that this is what everybody must believe. I'm just giving over the, the belief of Judaism. The only way where it is equal is that it's a removal from the will of God. But um, that's why you have different punishments for different transgressions. All right. And going on what those previous callers said, sorry, just one more, one more point. Um, from, uh, from a spiritual perspective, just to, to make one more, one more point clear, there's two different types of sins that one can commit. There's a sin between man and man, and there's a sin between man and God. A sin that one commits between man and God, we have the holiest day of the year, which is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and that is the day where we believe that God atones for our transgressions, God forgives us for our transgressions as an atonement, and that is if we come on that day and we repent, um, there are certain commentaries that say even if one doesn't repent, the actual essence of the day is sufficient to atone for transgression. Sins between man and man, that is not something that uh, is just wiped away so easily. One actually has to go over to the individual and appease that person one-on-one. -on -one. So we're definitely seeing that there are levels within sin. There's sin between man and man, there's sin between man and God, there's capital punishment, there's petty theft, there's etc, etc. Got it. Alright. Well, read the text um, from the scriptures that we were told to read. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, 5, and 6. And then we'll conclude our conversation. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Verse 6, And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. And that's the text. I wish that person would have clarified what his point was with us reading this text. Nonetheless, that's how we conclude our Copic for today. Thank you very much to everybody who called, those, those who sent their text messages, and also to our guests, the bishop and the rabbi, Firmina Edupondana, and the rest of the team. Have a wonderful day. It's the last day of the year. Until next year, at least for you who believe in it, have a wonderful year. 
and Godspeed. Up next, the news at 11 with Kira Lala.